Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. And away we go. Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. FNTSY. Dan Trafford, George Kurtz with you for the next two hours talking week eight in the NFL. We'll touch on some Major League Baseball as well. An 18-inning World Series game last night. And the Dodgers win, thank goodness. George, George, how you doing this Saturday morning? Is the game over? Did somebody <laughs> they win? They just finished. Oh, good, good. I'm glad it ended before the show. Uh, my God, it's the never-ending baseball game. It wasn't even exciting. I mean, they were, they, it was three up, three down, three up, three down, three up, three down. I was like, oh, my God. I didn't think the game was ever going to end. Impressive also that uh, they both scored in, what, the 13th with throwing errors. <laughs> like That was just uh, ugly baseball uh, until Muncie hit the home run in, in the 18th. But we'll see how the ramifications of so many pitchers going, so many pitches thrown, uh, a late game, how that plays uh, into game four. Do want to get George's take, of course, on uh, some happenings from the week. We'll talk week eight. We'll go game by game as we always do here on the show. If you have questions at FNTSY Radio, again, at FNTSY Radio. We'll open up the phones in the second hour, 844-843-6879. As always, want to hear from you and uh, help you guys set your lineups here in week number eight. But, Georgia, I, I, I didn't get to hear. How do you feel about your new wide receiver? I mean, it, listen, I think the trade was a bad one. I do. Uh, tough me to justify uh, sending away a first-round pick. Uh, but that being said, I mean, could, could it work out for the Cowboys? Of course. This is not a wide receiver heavy draft for Dallas. So assuming, assuming Dallas doesn't bottom out and finish, I don't know, 4-12 and 12 and ends up being a top 8 pick, uh, I mean, Cooper is only 24 years old. If he uh, does turn out to be the player he used to be, then it works out for the Cowboys. They get their wide receiver. But it's dangerous. I mean, first of all, to give up a first-round pick, you are assuming that there are reports that Philadelphia and Washington and maybe another unnamed team were in, involved here. And they say Philadelphia offered a number two. So Dallas had to outbid that. But then again, Dallas's number two would likely still be lower than Philadelphia's number two. It's it's hard for me to get behind it. You know, there's also the school of thought, Dan, that, well, now that, that you have a number one wide receiver there, now you get to really judge Dak Prescott. Is he a franchise quarterback? And I get that, too, because Dallas needs to find that out. I don't think he is. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. He's an average NFL quarterback that sort of gets you through. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. But what really bothered me was something that Jerry Jones said this week. I mean, like, I think he said <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I get that. Yeah, he says a lot of things that should bother me. But he said, uh, you know, well, we were going to take it for a, a receiver in the first round of the draft. How the hell do you know that? Do you, does Dallas go into these drafts knowing what position they're going to take, uh, position as, as far as NFL position? How do you know at your pick in the draft – 12, 13, 14, 16, 18, whatever it would have been, that a receiver was the best player. You know, I mean, that's what, I, I, that's what drives me insane about how they judge players. I mean, you should be going into a draft saying, okay, we have a couple of players in mind, but let's see who falls to us. Let's see the, the talent that's there. Not saying we're going to get a receiver no matter what. Even if he's eight spots, we have eight other players that rank better than him, but we're going to take a receiver because that's what we need. I mean, I think it's, I think it's backwards thinking on Dallas's part. And it's going to be an interesting one to track. That's for sure. Just uh, how how it turns out. And to your point about the draft, it's it's almost. And I am not. I am making the analogy. I don't know that it's analogous, but I will make the analogy of your fantasy draft, where when you're picking tenth, you go in saying, "I'm taking a running back." That's a dangerous yes. mindset to have. You know, it's a, it's a dangerous mindset to have when you're creating a team because you just don't know what the other nine teams and nine owners ahead of you will be doing, and so. For Jones to say that, can't say that's very uh, 
hopeful <laughs> for the way the process will go uh, again in the Dallas draft room. But uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. Do want to get your take here. Also, Will Fuller going down with the, the torn ACL. And, and, you know, it's just terrible to see. He's had a, a very fine career, had a breakout night on Monday night. Oh, sorry, on Thursday night, I should say. And uh, two, uh, what was it, five catches, over 100 yards, a score, looked great, and then on a deep ball late in the game, torn ACL. I, I don't know that we can necessarily do who do you run to the waiver wire to pick up, but who who is out there? Like Who are the names from a, a waiver wire perspective that people should have been picking up uh, after that injury or plan to, you know, depending on when the waivers run, uh, week nine waivers are trying to get somebody onto their roster to potentially at least give you some upside with Will Fuller out? Well, the first name you were hearing, of course, was just, you know, Kiki Cutie. Uh, because, once again, he's the backup there. Uh, he was out uh, Thursday with the, uh, I think it was a hamstring injury, so he, he didn't play. But they'll have 10 days to get him healthy. Listen, it could also be a trade. It seems to be a very uh, you know, trade-friendly NFL nowadays, certainly more than it ever used to be. So that could happen. He had a trade deadline's 4 o'clock Tuesday. So maybe they're a team that goes in on Demarius Thomas or Kelvin Benjamin or one of the other names we've heard here. But as far as guys who are out there who might be available – I mean, the pickings aren't great on you. It depends on your 10-team well league, 12-team league. There could be guys out there. But as far as who could be available, it's not great. Jermaine Curse could be there. But, you know, once again, you're not looking for someone for this week because your game's already passed. Maybe Curse is already gone. Maybe Curse, who had a, a donut last week, doesn't do much this week. Uh, Anthony Miller is someone who could, could be there uh, that's out there in some leagues. Pretty much anybody on Seattle outside of Lockett and Baldwin, if you believe there. Uh but this is, the bottom line is not a, uh, not much. I mean, Richardson and Crowder are hurt for uh, Washington. Maybe you want to go Doxon, only person left. You know, but once again, mm, not great. The good—I uh, shouldn't say it's good news—but you have to wait till after this week's games anyway. So maybe some things will filter themselves out, and there'll be people that sort of fall that are available. But uh, to be equal or fuller, no, you're not going to get equal or fuller. That's uh, it's not a devastating. It's not DeAndre Hopkins you lost here, but you lost somebody valuable, especially with Deshaun Watson looking like the Watson of old again. Yep, and that's uh, where I wanted to go to next here. Just a, a look back on Thursday night football, forty-two twenty-three Texans win uh, over the Dolphins. Watson, very efficient here, George. Sixteen of twenty, two hundred thirty-nine yards, five TDs, and Lamar Miller. He's done it a couple of weeks in a row now. 18 carries, 133 yards, 7.4 yards per carry, one TD. One, do you think Deshaun Watson is a you know quarterback here, top 12 rest of the season? Obviously, matchups will, will depend a little bit there. And are you believing in Lamar Miller? Is he finally back, back to being a, a potential RB1 week over week? Well, as far as Watson, yeah, I think Watson's back in your, your QB1. Uh, you're not worried about him anymore. He had to get over the injury. Uh, it goes back to that game, that Sunday night game versus Dallas. He got killed. They kept running him to the outside. They kept letting Jalen Smith taking shots at him. It was just stupid. Uh, and it, it caused him a chest injury. I mean, you saw it last week. Oh, I'm sorry, it was two weeks ago. Whenever he wasn't on the field, they were checking his heart. His heart with that injury. And then he couldn't... Uh, it couldn't, they didn't want him flying to Jacksonville for last week's game, so they had him take a bus to the game instead. But he can play football. Can't fly, but you can play football. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, perfect sense here. So uh, you certainly had to be worried about it, but he's okay. Bottom line, he's okay. Now you're starting him again as your, your quarterback one. If you didn't start him Thursday, I don't blame you because with quarterback being as deep as it is, there were other quarterbacks I would have started over him this week because I needed to see him have a good game first. Last week was not a good game. And if you maybe Dalton, I might I would have started Dalton over uh, Watson this week. Uh, no problem admitting that. Uh, I think that would have been the right call. I wouldn't have gone down to someone like Keenum, you know, because he's playing uh, Kansas City and starting him over Watson. But there are several quarterbacks that golf I would have started over him against Green Bay this week. Uh, I just would have made that decision based on Trubisky with the Jets. I probably would have done that as well. Jets are banged up in the secondary. Uh, but if you're a Watson owner, yeah, you you probably and you didn't start him. You're not going to make up the 40 points yet. 40 plus points uh, but you'll come close I mean you'll probably at the end only lose 10 12 points so it, uh, hopefully it's not a killer for you but you look at the bright side hey at least you got him back and you could start him again <laughs> that's absolutely right and Lamar Miller what are, what are we doing are, are we believing you know I've got a lot of questions about him well not a lot but I've got, I've got a few questions about him this week and Jeb, generally they are well can I release the Dr. Foreman now 
You know, can I release Foreman now? And the answer there is probably yes, depending on who you're picking up for him. That's always the uh, pretty much a stock answer. I can't just tell you to release somebody unless I know who you're picking up. Uh, but yeah, uh, Lamar Miller has looked good. I mean, listen, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Funny how he's playing well now that Foreman's on his way back. Mm-hmm. You know, now he's picking up his play. You know, that always drives me insane. So the old contract year thing, they only play, only play well, well when it's in their best interest to play well. So uh, that does bother me, but it doesn't matter. He's playing well. So I think you can let Foreman go. I think you can uh, – not that – Marvel's not a running back one. He's still going to be a, a mid-range, a low-end running back two. But things are seem to be coming together for Houston, right? I mean, they're playing well. They're winning games at the top of that division. So, yes, I think uh, – I trust him more than I did, but it's it that doesn't put him in uh I said this is not a running back one. He's a low end running back too. And it feels like a division, George, they could slowly walk away with um pretty pretty handily with uh Tennessee, Jacksonville. Listen, I, I'm a fan of what Frank Reich is doing with Indianapolis. They just don't have the pieces this year on the defensive side of the ball to to make any sort of headway. And I know the NFL seems to have gone away from even playing any semblance of defense, but uh, they, they can't stop anybody. Uh, the the last thing as we go through this Thursday night game, what what's your thoughts on this Miami backfield? You got split carriage, 12 for Drake, 12 for Gore. This is just going to be par for the course the whole week, isn't it? Uh, the whole year, I should say. Yeah, I would agree, but uh, Drake will be more involved in uh, other things other than the run game. He can catch the boys. He's got speed. He looks good again. I think at the beginning of the year, he didn't look good for whatever reason. And Miami didn't trust him. I know he had the, obviously had the fumble a couple weeks ago at the goal line, which hurt. But they got him the ball right back. Uh, it's, I think it's, it's also one of those situations where, you know, when you bring in Frank Gore, future Hall of Famer, he's not going to sit on the bench and watch. He's just not. They're going to play him. It was unfortunate. You would have rather seen you know, a more traditional backup there. Gore, when he's played, he's played. I wouldn't say he's played great. But he's played okay. He's been solid. And they just trust him more. Uh, you know, it's, it's whatever Adam Gase is going to It's hard to tell with him. Uh, he's not the greatest head coach on the planet. Uh, but bottom line is, you know, if you're showing Drake or Miller, I'd probably rather go Miller. But Drake has more upside. Yeah, he can hit big plays. But there are also going to be games, especially now Miami sort of falling apart in some ways, where he's just, you know, it's nothing. It's, you know, 12 carries, 39 yards, and that's all you're getting. Uh, any thoughts on Devontae Parker before we uh, move on to week number eight uh, across the pond? Well, if Miami does want to trade him, he looked good, right? He upped his trade value there. He looked he looked good. Maybe the first time in his career he looked good. So uh, there's something to that. Uh, I don't know if Miami will move him. We heard the uh, the agent pretty much blast, blast the head coach last week, saying he's incompetent. Not my words, that's the agent's words. Uh, wow. And then Parker sort of had to backtrack from that, saying, hey, that, those are his words, not mine. I have no problem with them. There's a lot of friction going on there. Uh, I do think this is one that eventually there will be a change of scenery. I don't know if they'll get it done by Tuesday at 4, where he's going to move on to another team. It's one of those things, Dan, where I think Miami would be open to moving him, but I don't think they'll get the draft pick they want. You know, they're not going to get a first rounder for him. I don't think they get a first, second, or third for him. So would they be willing to move him for a fourth? Even if it's a conditional fourth. You know, we could possibly move to a third. I don't think they would do that. I think they, it's one of those uh, situations where the team's going to overvalue the player. They're going to want more for him than what's out there. You know, I don't think they're going to take the, uh, you know, the, Damon, the, the Damon Harris and Snacks deal that the Giants that get a fifth-round pick just to get the salary off their books. I don't think that's going to happen here. So I think he stays there. You know, once again, I think at best fantasy-wise, he's a reserve player where you're going to plug in if your bye weeks are killing you. You know, maybe you like the matchup. But also, he's played well. He played well under Osweiler. What if Tannehill's back next week? We haven't seen those two work together well at all. So not really a situation I want to get involved with. Even if he's moved, I really don't want to get involved with it. Yep. Uh, and I think the Cooper trade and the, the amount of trades we've already seen this year, not astounding amount, but more than we do in, in recent uh, memory, really sets an interesting bar for how much a, a wide receiver is going to cost, how much an offensive player is going to cost. As these weeks, uh, these days go by leading up to Tuesday, it'll be intriguing to see what teams deem proper value uh, for those uh, potentially fringe offensive players like a Devontae Parker, like a Kelvin Benjamin, guys who we've seen fail more often than succeed. Uh, what real value do these teams put on them? It was funny uh, in the open. 
I nailed the Adam Thielen thing. Uh, Drinkers forgot to show up, though, and that, that was the last thing I said. So uh, that is that is unfortunate, to say the least. We'll, we'll talk through uh, week eight and where we think the best matchups are, of course, as we move forward. want to start off uh, in London, where apparently Dante Moncrief had a passport issue. He got there, you know, but Friday the story came across. Uh, he was late to, to London because he had a passport issue, uh, had to fly on a commercial flight on his own, Caught up with the team. Uh, don't think that's going to necessarily have any bearing on how this game turns out. But nonetheless, it, it is a funny story to tell about uh, grown men having trouble traveling when it's their job. Uh, Philadelphia and Jacksonville in London. It is a 930. Again, remember, if your lineup's locked with the first game, this could be a, a problem for you. So make sure uh, tonight, Saturday night, you at least have the lineup you want set. And then any changes you pivot to tomorrow morning. Um Two, three, and four teams, Philadelphia and Jacksonville. Uh, lots of talk of the Jacksonville potentially trying to trade for a new quarterback, get Bortles uh, out of there because of the mistakes he's making. He came out and said, George, oh, I, I just can't worry about the mistakes. Well, somebody does. Somebody has to play. <laughs> somebody has to worry about you making the mistakes. What do you make of this game, and uh, what pieces uh, would you be firing in, in your season long? This game is a t- uh, sort of a tailor have some issues, right? I mean, Jacksonville has some problems here. Last week after the they were fighting in the locker room, trying to beat the crap out of you. I imagine it's a defense that thinks that the offense is left, which is somewhat true. The defense played like well. So, strange situation. Uh, Bortles uh, came out and pretty much said, you know, I don't. I get it, I'm the scapegoat. Uh, you can feel that way, Bortles. You, you have sucked. I mean, uh, you may be the scapegoat getting too much of the blame, but certainly a good portion of that blame does fall on you, and it's uh, your problem here. I think, uh, damn, bottom line is, whichever team loses this game, they may be done. They may, in fact, be done. We'll talk more about this on the other side of the break. Don't forget, it's at Dan Stratford, at George Kurtz, and at FNTSY Radio on Twitter. 844-843-6879. We'll open up the phone lines in hour number two. Coming back with more on Fantasy Sports Say after this. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Dan Strafford, George Kurtz here on Fantasy Sports Today, the Saturday morning edition. Talking week eight of the NFL. Talking some Philadelphia Eagles and Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags over there in uh, London to take on the Eagles and Georgia. Making the point that uh, the loser of this game is in tough shape when it comes to uh, the chase for the playoffs. You have uh, the Eagles potentially making, trying to you know make a move for a wide receiver or another skill player here to help out this offense. And we talked about uh, Jackson. What do you what do you make of mainly New York media pushing that Jacksonville should trade for Eli Manning? How, how do you, how do you take that one, George? Do you think Eli would help this team at all? I don't know how that makes any sense. Uh, why they would want to take uh, it? They're pushing that because Tom Coughlin's there. You know, and Coughlin does love Eli. Uh, the problem is, listen, when was the last time we had a quarterback traded midseason? He's yeah. going to pick up the offense, you know, get chemistry with the other receivers. How's that going to work? That's another problem with the Cooper deal. Same thing. I mean, he's going to pick up the offense and get chemistry with the quarterback. It just it doesn't work generally midseason. It's very tough. There's a reason why you have all those mini camps. You know, the May mini camp, the June mini camp. They got training camp, which is long because the players need to work together. Uh, and you see all the time, you quarterbacks and wide receivers, generally they get together outside of these things during the offseason to work on their timing. 
So, uh, no, uh, Eli Manning's not going to be traded. I mean, we've seen with John, the Giants keep making the same mistake with Eli over and over again, sort of paying deference to him, where they, you know, they want to cater to him. You know, the big hubbub last year when they, uh, they benched him for Geno Smith. Benching him last year was the right call. You just can't do it for Geno Smith. You know, for, you know, a nobody. You know, there was somebody decent behind him, a young kid. They should uh, they should have benched him for the rookie, uh, Webb at the time, to see what he could do. He could, could have sold that. Same thing with Lolita this season, to see what this kid could do, see if you got to draft the quarterback. That's kind of the Giants' problem here. They keep misreading the situation, thinking Eli's going to turn it around because they see a couple of games. You think of the Monday night game. You know, Eli had big numbers against Atlanta, right? Big numbers. Went through 400 yards. And, uh, you know, what Gabe Ramsey said yesterday, uh, was on with them was true. 400 yards in the NFL is the yeah the way the NFL is built nowadays. 30 yards is nothing in the NFL anymore. You got to get the 400 to really have a great game. That's just the way it is. The way NFL is built now nowadays, and I agree. That's what you're looking for here. Mike still can have moments. He can, uh, but the bottom line is he didn't, he almost threw 420 points, and most of it was late. You know, he's he's a 20 to 20 guy, but. He has trouble getting the team to the end zone inside the, the red zone. He still feels the rush. He still sees the rush. That's a veteran quarterback who's been hit. Uh, and what were the Giants? And once again, open to this. George just dropped. Something, so, something to uh, always keep an eye on uh, in the NFL is the narratives that come out. And that is uh, most definitely one that uh, found its way into the uh, – subconscious of the New York media. And I don't know that I saw it much outside. Uh, Obviously on Twitter, you can get into a very, very uh, isolated echo chamber when it comes to who you follow. And I do uh, still follow a lot of the the New York and New Jersey media, the the daily news and posts of the world. It was very interesting to see though, the narrative uh, that you might see Eli Manning traded. And to George's point, I don't know if there's been a quarterback trade in season uh, of a starter, you know, I, of someone of worthwhile, you know, to talk about. Quick Google search doesn't yield it. If you guys know one, if you, if maybe your team did it, um, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Tweet at us over on uh, Twitter at FNT. Uh, who was trading when uh, they were traded for? Uh, pretty interesting storyline, even though uh, will not come to pass. So this Jaguars and. Uh, Eagles game is a matchup uh, that obviously has pieces that you're going to fire uh, in your season-long leash simply because of where we are in the season. You know, this is that time of year where your your injuries, your bye weeks, all those different things are, are coming together. Uh, Zach Gertz has been as steady as any receiver in the game this year. Um, just 57 receptions, 618 yards, two scores. Seems to regularly get open. Saw someone make the comment that he's becoming that sort of steady receiver that you saw Jason Witten be so long for, for Tony Romo in Dallas. And, and it's not wrong. You know, he, he's done a great job uh, that uh, just gets open. The guy just gets open day after day, week over week in the NFL. From a, a roster perspective, you're starting Wentz and Bortles. I don't know if you're starting Wentz here with this matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars. This might be a game that for you East Coasters and even your West Coasters who want to wake up at 6.30 and roll out of bed and get your football on pretty early. This might be fire Earths and then let the rest ride. It's a minus three, 43 over under. I'm staying away from it from a wagering perspective. Let's be honest, like, it's a London game. It's two teams that can put up points. You know, th- as George just said, the NFL today with Eli throwing for over 400 yards, over 43 isn't that hard to get to in today's NFL. Especially if Bortles on the field throwing picks. <laughs> you know, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles defense gave you a, a, a nice showing here simply because Bortles likes to give it away. Wentz has been really good. Protecting the football, he has uh, 1,500 yards passing, 10 TDs, just one interception. Uh, Bortles has uh, 9 TDs to 8 interceptions. So uh, definitely a possibility here that the Philadelphia Eagles defense uh, helps the scoring. And therefore, you know, I, I would stay away from the under. I, I make sure that I make sure that uh, I have uh, Earths going and that's about it. You know, George, 
I don't see a ton of pieces here uh, outside of Zach Ertz that I feel overly comfortable with. As we talk each week, the Jacksonville wide receivers are sort of a a whack-a-mole when it comes to choosing who it's going to be on any given week. Do you see anyone outside of Zach Ertz that you want to run out there uh, in season long? No, as I said the same thing yesterday, uh, no. Uh, A.J. Bowie is out. He's done, he didn't make the trip, but Jalen Ramsey is going to be on Alshon Jeffrey a lot, so that's going to limit his effectiveness. I know Jeffrey won't always play on the right side, so he'll get some of uh, the opposite corner there, but uh, not enough for me to be you know, recommending him as a start, maybe a flex play here. I do have Jeffrey in one league, and I'm not starting him. And I have other receivers I'll go to him uh, with over there. Uh, no thank you for Aguilar. You know, Ertz is a definite start. Wentz, of course, is most likely a start for you. But that's it. I'm not interested in the running game at all. And you said, Jackson, the whack-a-mole reference is a good one. That's really what it is. Good luck trying to figure out which one uh, is going to pop up this week and be that receiver, the the number one, Moncrief, Westbrook, Cole. Uh, and the Eagles can be beat in the secondary, but uh, I'm not banking on it. I'm not banking on which receiver, and I'm not banking on Bortles get the job done. And if he, start, you know, if he throw, gets a turnover in his first, second series, do they go to Cody Kessler right away? No, thank you. And even the running game is no fun. Hey, Philadelphia is good against the run. I do think if I had a choice in Hyde or Yeldon, yeah, it would be Hyde. You know, I think that's why, that's why they acquired him. But I don't think this is the week he has a huge game. Right. I, I th- and I think that's the concerning part is trying to make that choice between the two of them skill-wise. Eyeball test, you probably say Hyde is the better running back. And as you said, why they uh, went out and got him was to play, obviously, you would hope. Uh but trying to make that decision this week seems like a, a tough one. So outside of Ertz and Wentz, my favorite law firm in the NFL, um, I think that uh, there's not much to, to really deal with in this contest. And I, I was saying, George, I think the, the 43 over under feels right. Like it feels like the number's pretty spot on. But even to your point about Eli Manning throwing for 400 yards, it feels like 43 is sort of on the low side for the NFL period. Listen, I know we'll get 17, 13 games. I know we'll have teams that are inept on offense for a game and just can't score. But it feels like that 42, 43 point is sort of going to be our baseline moving forward. Uh, Much like we're seeing in the NBA, everything's over 200 from an over-under perspective. I I tell you that I I ended up going down a uh, Knicks highlight uh, rabbit hole the other day. And I happened... uh, well, back in the 90s, they did from time to time. I went to the Allen Houston uh, Miami Heat game when the Knicks were the eight seed. And the, the Marv Albert brings it back and he goes, what a game. 79-78 Miami Heat up by one. I was like, oh, my God. That was with th- uh, four seconds left in the fourth quarter, George. <laughs> like, different what a now. different game. Yeah, different game. Different game for sure. Uh, but just funny to hear how excited he was about a 79-78 game uh, as it came down to the, to the final whistle there. All right, let's uh, let's continue on here. Uh, Wentz and Ertz, and, and then uh, the rest are the dregs. Uh, hopefully you don't have to start anybody therein. Uh, we go next to Denver and Kansas City. Obviously, we have seen what Patrick Mahomes can do. Uh, We know also what the Kansas City defense cannot do, which is pretty much cover anyone. So uh, a game that should have uh, lots of offense and lots uh, to to talk about here. It's currently a 53.5 over under. The Chiefs are minus 10 here at home. They have a 31.75 implied total. The Broncos with a 21.75 implied total. Uh, I'm seeing the line has dropped two points. Since open, not sure if that, that's on anything specific or just a, a mispricing there from Vegas that they corrected over the course of the week. What uh, what do you got here? I assume it's firing pretty much anybody. Uh, and I, I guess we'll eventually have to talk about the Denver backfield. But let's start on the Kansas City side of the ball. Anybody you're sitting here? Like, is there any matchup that you don't like or anybody that might find their way out of your lineups? You know, Denver was a team that slowed down Mahomes and uh I think it was week four offhand. They kept them at 27 points. Slowed them down, kept them at 27. It's amazing. Uh, a couple of late touchdowns, Mahomes wins the game. That was in Denver. This one's in KC. They, they slowed them down and kept them at 27. Uh, as far as uh, money's concerned, I'm taking the over in this game. I can't see how it doesn't go over 54. They slowed them down with 27. It's already half the points right there. I think they'll get over 30 this week, and I think Denver will score some points as well. So I'll take my over there. 
ten and a half, laying ten and a half stuff. Uh, but I'm still probably leaning that way. I think the only way Denver covers that is with a, a garbage time score late. In which, the, which case they they cut down the nine, eight, whatever it is, with the game is really over. As far as uh, Kansas City, I mean, who aren't you starting? Mahomes, Hunt, Watkins, Hill, well, Kelsey. You study them all. All right. If you're going any deeper than that, okay, we can talk here. But they're, uh, you know, I write the uh, on, on Wednesdays. I write the defense column, which is how do you how how cool you can start to attack a defense. And Kansas City's easy. All your regulars go. I mean, really, all your regulars go. And the guys I just mentioned. Unless you're going deeper than that, there's really nothing to talk about here with KC. Those are the players you're starting. Uh, and it's uh, this is, should be a fun one. It should be a fun offensive game. And if you're looking for defense, I don't know that you're necessarily going to find much here. So uh, buckle in. I'm, I'm with on the over. Uh, it does feel like that's uh, maybe a point or two low, uh, especially now that it's uh, dropped to 53 and a half. Uh, this is a, a Denver defense that's, more by name than actual. Oh, I, I mean, they're fine. Like it's a, a fine defense, um, but just one that overall uh, struggles against the run more than the pass. And uh, I wonder how you feel uh, about that. And also, what are you making of the Denver backfield with the injuries? With uh, who's going to be in there? And, and do you find any value therein? Uh, maybe somebody who's in a, a league where you can pick somebody up a uh, day of uh, any value in, in fi- trying to. Hunt and Peck, who's going to be the main guy there? Well, yeah, the, the fun part, as far as valuation, is definitely uh, Denver. It's all over the place. All right, uh, you want to start the backfield? Lindsey's a start. He's a running. He's a high end running back too, PPR or, or standard. Uh, it was even said that he'll get enough catches where there'll be runs out in the flat. That's what they are. They're just uh, extended runs. So you're starting Lindsey. Freeman's out, which is nice. So if you're a Lindsey owner, you don't have to worry about that. So uh, Lindsey's going to be the guy there. Um, would you start Booker? I mean, uh, that's a question I've been asked a bunch this week. Uh, does Booker sort of get the Freeman role here? Booker's not an automatic start by any means. Now, he's dealing with an injury as well, by the way. So first, we have to assume he plays, which uh, you're going to need to check your uh, you know, your inactives. And this is, I don't think, no, this is a 1 o'clock game. So you'll know at 1.30, uh, 11.30 if he's going to play. But he, this is a roster decision. Uh, what I mean by this, it's who else you have in your roster. You're not blindly putting him in. You know, who else? Who are we taking out of your roster to put Booker in here? So the, that's the what you're going to look at there. Like I said, Booker's dealing with an ankle injury, for those who are wondering. But uh, he's certainly in start consideration. Case Keenum. Not as I can't put him as a quarterback one, Dan. I want to because it's Kansas City and he should have a good game, but he's been way too inconsistent this year. He's a super flex play. He's a two-quarterback play. But as far as uh, a quarterback one play in one quarterback leagues, no. No, unless you... Uh, I, mean, I keep going through the list here, possible quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks that I could take out for him. I already mentioned earlier, he's not someone I would have put in over Watson on Thursday, even though I would take Watson out in other leagues. Uh, Wentz, because he's playing Jacksonville, no, I'll go with Wentz. And he looked good last week, looks like the Wentz of old here. Russell Wilson, nope, playing Detroit, I'll go with Russell. I don't think it's a great matchup there, but I'll go with it. I don't consider Derek Carr a number one quarterback anyway, so I'm not going there. Same thing with Flacco. I could, at the, uh, it's an interesting question. I could, at the beginning of the week, Dan, have thought about putting him in over Cam Newton. Cam Newton's got a rough sure. matchup. All right, got a rough matchup. Baltimore may be the best defense in the NFL. Even Jabri struggled last week. It is at home in Carolina. And I was worried about the shoulder injury. Even though you knew Cam would play, but you worried about the shoulder injury. Because, Dan, does that mean no running for Cam or limited running right. for Cam? You're going to need those runs to have him have a good fantasy day. So uh, I, could th- I thought about him over Cam, but in the end, I don't. I have Cam in I don't I have Cam in one league, but I don't have Case in that league. I do have Case in a couple of a deeper uh, two quarterback leagues, but I don't think I could click on that on my team. I just don't think I can do that and feel good about myself putting in Keenum in over Cam Newton. So that's where I'm with uh, with Case. Uh, I think he's only a start in two quarterback leagues, only a start in super flex leagues. He's starting Emmanuel Sanders, of course. I think the receivers are interesting. Is this Demarius Thomas's last game in uh, Denver? He seemed to it. Uh, you know, he said it early in the week. You know, uh, that he knows his time in Denver is coming to an end. That doesn't mean it's by Tuesday. It could mean it's by after the season when they cut him. Cortland Sutton's there playing well, and Keenum looks for Sutton in the red zone. So, Thomas, I'm starting. Sutton is another guy. Depends on who else you have, but I'm leaning yes. Any uh, streamer interest in someone like Her- I, I hope I'm going to pronounce his name correctly. Harriman? 
Uh, Jeff Harriman for Denver. I think he led the team in targets last week. Uh, haven't seen him owned in pretty much any league. Uh, any interest there as somebody at, at a tight end spot that can be dicey week over week as a potential shootout game? Somebody you uh, plug into your lineup and hope for the best? I mean, the tight end has been a vast wasteland this year. I mean, it's been rough. A lot of injuries there. Some guys have come back, Ingram and Olsen now. So you should be okay at tight end. This is not a brutal week as far as tight ends on the uh, on by. It's really only Austin Hooper, who's barely a top 12 himself. So I'm going to say no. Uh, generally, no. Uh, there's a chance, of course, that your tight end is not playing very well. But I'm looking at, I'm looking at tight ends you might put Hewerman over. I mean, Jordan Reed's been extremely disappointing. How ironic is Reed? Finally healthy, and you're still putting up yes. nothing. I, that, that's a killer. It drives me insane, Dan. I, I only have him in one league, but it's making me mad. You know, Rudolph has been disappointing. Uh, Kirk Cousins doesn't look for him as much, which is strange because he did look for Reed. So he likes the tight end, but he's looking for Thielen uh, early and often. I mean, Ben Watson, but uh, I think I would start Watson over him. No, bottom line is uh, I can't make an argument for Human unless you're really, really desperate at tight end. And I, I will apologize. I mispronounced Jeff Hireman. So H E U E is high somehow. Not like, not like hey. I did any better. No, I, I led you astray with with how I pronounce it. Uh, I, you know, Hireman, somebody I might roll in some DFS lines. We'll talk a bit more. Uh, close out this game and obviously move on in uh, week number eight in the NFL. Dan Trapper, George Kurtz here, Fantasy Sports Today. Back with more after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Enjoy playing daily fantasy sports, but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries. Try the PropsBuilder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. That's why we roll on here. Uh, the one o'clock Jets and Bears, the three and four New York Jets, the three and three Chicago Bears looking as though, George, the Jets could be without Quincy Anunma, could be without Robbie Anderson. Uh, they uh, bring in Richard Matthews. Uh, they may bring back Terrell Pryor after cutting him from his injury uh, a week or so ago. Um, and then you have Jermaine Curse, who just didn't show up at all last week. This is a, a team we've leaned on a little bit from time to time from a DFS perspective, but not necessarily a matchup I love, not a, a, a team I'm going to go to much here. What do you make of the Jets matchup against the, the Chicago Bears? Well, you said it. I mean, Curse, uh, no. Uh, bad, I mean, I recommended him last week and puts up the big donut. But no Enuma. Robbie Anderson, probably not. They released Terrell Pryor. Shard Matthews, they just signed. I don't know how much he knows the office where he's going to be a big play in this game. So it, it's tough to trust anything here. Uh, it truly is. Uh, I want to go with Curse again. I do want to go back to that because I don't think there's anybody else left. But there was sort of a similar situation last week. It was just him and Robbie Anderson last week didn't work out. They should have to throw the ball some here. But Law Powell is also, he's on IR. So the passing game is limited to say the least here. Uh, it's curse or bust, pretty much. That's the only person I'll trust there. But curse comes in as a flex play. Uh, hard to trust him after last week. Chicago, you know, they're, they're in a simple, simple situation. People don't realize this. Allen Robinson's iffy. I know he got a limited practice yesterday. He has the hamstring injury. He was bust last week as well. He tried to play through it and didn't. Didn't play well at all. So who, we don't know if he'll be effective this week, even if he does play. So that's a problem there. The Jets are decimated in the secondary. They have some guys coming back. Buster Scrine finally might play through the concussion. Or I guess he's recovered from the concussion, I should say. So they'll get somebody back. But they were letting up 
passing yardage anyway. And they have other issues as well here. So Trubisky does come in as a, a possible quarterback that you, they can replace Matt Ryan, you know, replace Phillip Rivers who are out on by. But he could also be somebody you trust uh, over one of your other quarterbacks that doesn't have the greatest matchup because of who he's playing and the fact that he has 11 touchdowns through the air over the last uh, three weeks. And he's running. These guys become the new Cam Newton. He's running about 60 yards a game, once again, averaging over yep. the past three weeks. So uh, that's pretty damn good. He's putting up great fantasy numbers. Dan, he doesn't look good NFL-wise when you watch him. He still has issues as far as being a quarterback, a passing quarterback. But fantasy-wise, yeah, he's starting to remind me a little bit of Jameis Winston. NFL-wise, yeah, not good. Fantasy-wise, gold. Putting up points here every week here. That's, uh, that's what I keep thinking here. So Trubisky is someone I could definitely put in my starting line. But I don't know if I trust anybody outside of Trey Burton and Tariq Cohen. So I don't want the wide receivers. But I'll take the, the secondary guys, the tight end. I'll take Cohen catching balls out of the backfield. If we're going to talk about Jordan Howard, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, uh, it's, if he it's, get, it's I, a touchdown, touchdown or bust. It's touchdown yeah, or bust for him. Like, it really exactly, is. Exactly where I was going. If he scores, he'll have a good fantasy day. If he doesn't, he's looking at probably 40, 50 yards and blah. They're not using him in the passing game anymore. So he's a low-end running back, too. Yeah, I, I, exactly right. I'm right there with you. And I love, I love Jordan Howard coming into the year. Thought that we saw all the things coming together for the Bears offense. You make the point about Trubisky. You watch him. He throws off his back foot a lot. He throws off his back foot a lot and makes some mistakes there. But the running, obviously everyone saw the, I think it was an eight-yard official game, but it was over 70 yards covered uh, in his touchdown run last week. Pretty sure uh, he is second in the league uh, for quarterbacks for rushing yards on the season and does make up for uh, the mistakes he makes in doing so. This is a really intriguing game to me for Trubisky, for Trey Burton, as you said, and Tariq Cohen. I think all of them uh, have upside the Jets defense has really struggled of late if you look at sort of overall season stats you may not see it but over the past three weeks they have just looked terrible and so I have no problem running Trubisky out there in in some GPP lineups this weekend Uh, with the obvious upside I'd probably pair him with Cohen and Burton go go for three uh, stack there uh, and maybe take a shot on one of the wide receivers in a different lineup Uh, just hoping that uh, that's the one who gets the volume this week Jets side you obviously have Bilal Powell out with the neck injury, which gives Isaiah Crowell a ton of volume. I just don't see this being a good week for the Jets' offensive players at all. I think the Bears' defense actually has some gigantic upside. And for all the talk about Sam Darnold and how great he looks, he's been fine. But he, I don't think he's had a, a single top 12 fantasy start week this year. And not that a rookie should, per se, but we've heard so many analysts heap praise on the throws he makes. It's been a struggle for him, and, and when you don't have your top wide receivers, it's going to be uh, even more of a struggle having to pick guys off of the uh, practice squad and the waiver wire in the NFL. This isn't fantasy I'm talking about. In the NFL itself uh, can always be a dangerous thing. Let's move on to Tampa Bay and Cincinnati. Uh, the Tampa Bay defense, uh, one that uh, has given us plenty of ups to start the year. Uh, the path defense still ranks dead last in DVOA over there on Football Outsiders. Andy Dalton, uh, Andy Dalton disappoints. <laughs> Andy Dalton has a tendency uh, in the in the great matchups, uh, in the big matchups, to to not come through. Uh, that is anecdotal. I have not crunched any numbers there, but it sure feels like when he's in his best spots uh, is when he struggles the most. Uh, Twenty nine implied total for the Bengals. Twenty five point five for Tampa Bay. A fifty four and a half over under minus three and a half is the spread here. It opened at minus six. So uh, a decent amount of movement there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, gaining uh, a point and a half or, or a point and three quarters uh, over the course of the week. I assume, George, this is fire them all. Uh, you, you made point of, it, you know, if you have any Bengals, this is the sort of week you start them. If you're not starting them, why do you have them? Uh, what, 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 do you, what do you got here? Are there matchups you don't like? Are there players you would sit uh, in this matchup? Oh, you stole my line. I, I learned. I'm life. learning from the best. I'm, I'm picking it up. <laughs> Imitation is the highest form of flattery, George. <laughs> yeah, it's something I like to say. Uh, if you have a Bengal on your roster and you're not starting him, why is he on your roster? Uh, and it's true. Uh, listen, the Bengals were terrible anyway on defense, right? Terrible. And they've suffered several injuries now. Quan Alexander's gone. Uh, I mean, uh, Coy's hurt. Uh, he's probably not playing. I, they have issues all over the place here. 
I can't think of a Bengal you could possibly – John Ross that you could possibly have and you could think about not starting him. I mean, really, Boyd goes, Green goes, Mixon goes, Dalton goes. He's in my top ten. I think he's going to have a, a big week. Now, you did say something. That's, it's very true. You wouldn't come out and say it. I'll come out and say it. The Bengals, Dalton, primetime talk. Okay? Learned, learned our lesson last week. Uh, and I knew this, though, the numbers going in about primetime. You know, that Dalton Jones doesn't play all that well. But you think it's KC, no defense, no problem. All right? It's a, a great opportunity to get rid of that moniker. Well, no, that didn't work. You know, forget it. I, I won't start him on primetime anymore. But, hey, this is a 1 o'clock start. We don't have to worry about that. All right? It's at home. I think uh, he'll be fine. I think the whole offense will be fine. So I'm starting all my bangles here. Uh, John Ross like, is the one guy we can talk about. Uh, and once again, if, I guess it, Houston, it's receivers. You could have a very deep receiving core where maybe John Ross doesn't go. I can see that. But if he's on your roster, man, I got to think you're seriously considering putting him in the flex position here. Ha- almost have to. Azuma is another guy we can uh, chat about here. He's in my top 12, but he's in that, he's in that 9 to 12 range. You know, uh, the problem with Azumar seems to be this. In between the 20s, Dalton doesn't really look for him. So he's going to be touchdown dependent as well. But Dalton is looking for him in the red zone. That seems to yep. be where Dalton likes to use the tight end. I mean, we've seen that before with Tyler Eifert. That's where uh, Dalton looks for the big target in the red zone. So once again, he, you're going to need that touchdown. He's not going to get you know six balls and 72 yards. He's really going to get that three balls. 38 yards, and you got you better hope one of those balls a touchdown to get you double-digit fantasy points. That's where Azuma falls in for me. Tampa Bay, uh, the running Winston's a top ten, so you take you're starting Winston. The running game's a nightmare. I think they are starting to make that transition to Ronald Jones a little bit, very slowly. You know, it's not all Jones; it's still Barber. Right now, neither one looks special. You know, so I, I'm dying to start either one here. I think I'd rather not. I have to be pretty desperate, really, to go with Jones or Barber here. I want to stay away. The passing game, though, is the passing game. Uh, you're certainly starting Mike Evans. It looks like you always are. Godwin at the Sean Jackson does come down to what else you have there. Uh, that We know the opportunities will be there, especially for Godwin. Winston is looking for him. The Sean Jackson hasn't made those big plays, those big splash plays now since Ryan Fitzpatrick went out. Right? So, uh... It is not run, I don't know if they're, run, if they're running the same routes. So Winston doesn't look for those routes. He looks for the other guys there. I still want to start these guys. I do because the, the volume is there and the chance for a big play is there. But when it comes down to Jackson and Godwin, they're in the wide receiver three flex range. Certainly guys I'm probably putting in my lineup, but not absolutes. All right. Uh, this is going to be one of the fun ones from an offensive perspective. Uh, I think uh, obviously it's up there with the Kansas City and Denver game. Which, over. which game over. has more points? Yeah, I was gonna. That's why I was going there. But which game scores more points? Is it uh, Kansas City, Denver, or Bengals, Tampa Bay? You know, Dan. When it comes to, to betting, uh, I don't think Vegas has made the adjustments yet. That the NFL is is it's ching. It's all about offense now. I mean, we're seeing it. What's what's the uh, the numbers? A thousand more points scored over last year. It's a ten percent jump. That's an incredible <laughs> jump. You yep. know, in the NFL, every rule is dedicated towards the offense. And although, listen, the, the over-unders are higher than uh, they have been, but they're only a couple of points higher. And I'm having much more success on over-unders. And by that, by that I mean overs. Than I am straight up, you know, betting the lines. Uh, it's just, it's, when the over's high, take the over. And they're, because they're crushing it. They're not, you know, it's a, what is it, 57, 57 and a half? This is a game where it won't be 58, 59, it'll be 66, 67, 70. They're crushing these overs. And I don't see this being any different. I don't. Of course, sooner or later, I'm going to bite it. You know, maybe Denver and Casey, they do play some defense. Maybe Cincinnati does play some defense here. But until I see it, I'm going to keep keep hitting it. I think my three favorite overruns this week are this game, the KC game, and a game we'll talk about later, Green Bay, or the Rams. I think they're all going to go over. I don't think these defenses are just – and I don't, think, I don't think it's the defense's fault, Dan. It's just the NFL doesn't want defense. They don't want it. You know, it's like all these sports. They want, you know, as many points as possible. They want a basketball game out there. And uh, so I'm going to keep hitting the O's. I'm going to keep attacking them until uh, adjustments are made here. Uh, I think points are going to be scored by the bucket load here. So, yes, I think this game is going over as well. I think Cincinnati wins the game. I do. But I think this game goes well into the overs where they're both scoring in the 30s. The weather's not great here, uh, but I don't think that's really going to influence much. It's uh, temperatures in the, the high 50s, a little bit of wind, a little bit of rain. But I see the over here as well. Maybe we can... You know, the NBA with the scoring, everyone's uh, uh, shooting three-pointers. Maybe we can make a touchdown from 40 yards out or more worth seven points. I'm kidding, but it could be fun. 
get like rock and jock football going. Do you remember the rock and jock basketball game back in the day on MTV? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's funny you should bring that up. I've always had weird ideas like that, too. You know, uh, it may, it may make field goals, different points, depending on where you kick the field goal from. You know, they back to the exactly. to make it more exciting, right? Uh, as a hockey guy, I always thought, you know what? Let's have three different colored pucks out there. You know, a black, uh, a red, and a blue. And depending on which one you score, you get different points for. Let these guys chase around three different pucks and uh, see how much fun it is. <laughs> oh my, the goalies would, oh, my God. Be... Goalies would go insane, right? They, they'd, they'd be dead after a while. Maybe baseball should go about, you know, Charlie Finley, uh, Chuck Finley back in the day wanted to use an orange baseball. Could see it better. I kind of agree with that, especially yep. at night. Go with, go with a bright orange baseball, you know, and uh, – Maybe uh, you know, maybe maybe one inning you, you you do something random. Oh, it's the sixth inning today. A home runs hit in the sixth inning. I have two points, uh, two runs. I don't know. Well, game over. I, game over. Just like you hit a home I, run uh, in the sixth. Game's over. Listen, we could have used that last night, right? Rather than an eighteen inning uh, World geez. Series game. But uh, I, these these guys are, these ideas are idiotic, folks. I get it. It's just fun to think about and throw out there. But uh, yeah, why why not? Why, why not have a little fun? Uh, we might need some fun here in Seattle, Detroit. Two, three, and three teams. Uh, Seattle going hard towards that eight and eight. I talked about to start the year. Um, they find ways to win somehow with Russell Wilson, but uh, nonetheless, still not a, a great team out there in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Detroit here at three and three as well. Uh, a game that I honestly, as I went through the week, didn't pay a ton of attention to, but they're expecting offense here. 39 and a half points uh, over under minus three in favor of Detroit. Um, you know, the Detroit wide receiver core has been a little bit hard for me to nail down this year. Um, I completely agree that... Um, You've seen Marvin Jones take a step back. Kenny Galladay, uh, affectionately known by some as Babytron, uh, has uh, made the steps forward to be a, a legitimate wide receiver threat there for Matthew Stafford. And then you have other pieces in the backfield that maybe have uh, major question marks week over week. And for Seattle, I don't know what to make of this team. I, I just stay away for the most part. I'll play some Russ uh, on his own in some GPPs just because of the potential he'll have a big running game. He'll get back to it somehow or another. Uh, but what's this game for you? Is it is it one you're interested in? Is it one that has pieces that you're firing off? Oh, I'm interested in it. I'm interested in pretty much all around here. Fantasy-wise, I have Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford in several leagues. Uh, matter of fact, in one league, I have to make a choice of between the two. You know, and I have them back-to-back in my rankings, so I'm trying to, uh, trying to figure out which one I should start over the other here. All right. Russell Wilson's not running as much, or at all, really. And I wonder why. You know, has Pete Carroll told him, listen, stop. I can't take a chance of you getting hurt. Can't get, get you beat up. You're getting, up to, you're getting older here. Is that what's going on here? But that... That is hurting his fantasy value. He's not running. All right, so that's a problem. Uh, Detroit, are we, they, they, uh, they got David Harrison, but I don't know how much he's going to be, uh, how much he's going to know what defense this week and be able to play, be a full-time starter here. But Detroit has had a hard time. They've been terrible stopping the run this year. Do I trust Chris Carson to take advantage of that? Mike Davis, Rashad Penny. Uh, Carroll seems to be using them all now, which I don't mind, by the way. I don't. But it's, it makes it tough for fantasy to rely on which one. You know, as far as the Detroit receivers are concerned, you put it right. I mean, Golden Tate's the, the volume guy. Galladay's probably their best overall receiver right now. He's taking that next step, that jump. Uh, and Babytron is, is an accurate description. He's not Megatron, all right? He's not that guy, but he has the same body build as him, and they use him the same way. Big, uh, big arm length. You know, he can go out and get balls that aren't perfectly thrown there. Marvin Jones is taking a step back. He has. He's the uh, third guy of this list here. Carry uh, on Johnson. Love him. You know, I think he's a very good. Uh, maybe that I probably I shouldn't say maybe he's their the best back they've had since Barry Sanders. The problem is, like Garrett Blunt is going to vulture. It seems like every damn touchdown that this guy gets, which limits his fantasy value because you're not going to get 150 plus yards on the ground each and every week like he had last week to make his fantasy day fine even without the touchdown. You're going to get a lot of 80 yard gains and that's it. That's it because Blunt took the touchdown. Yep. So it's a uh, it's annoying. It's it's downright annoying. <laughs> If you're a Johnson owner, uh, with Seattle, Baldwin's back, and he looks like to be the Baldwin of old, but he's going to see a lot of Darius Slay. Slay's not Ramsey, but he may be the next best thing. He'll slow this thing down. There's nobody I'm in love with here, Dan, because I think this game's 24 21. Uh, decently high scoring, but not, you know, not a shootout. Plenty to get to here on Fantasy Sports Day in our second hour, which is coming up after this break. We'll break down the rest of the games and get to your calls and your tweets at FNTSY Radio. Get at us. We want to hear from you right here on Fantasy Sports Today.